Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm Doggy Dan. Thank you ever so much for tuning into this podcast about my dog training philosophy. It's the first of many podcasts to come all about dog training and I thought I'd give you a little bit of a taster as to what's going to be included. First of all, I'll start with a little bit about me for those of you who have no idea who I am, um, where I've come from, what I do, why I'm so passionate about this uh, dog training method and uh, basically some of my achievements. Then we'll have a little look back into the past. Basically, why I've come to choose to use this method above all the other dog training methods out there. Because I've studied an awful lot of methods, and yet this is the one which makes total sense to me. And I think when you start to hear a little bit about it, you too will come to the same decision that this is just so logical. And uh, I know that it works. So that's partly what I'm going to talk about to you about first. Then we'll have a look at the present day. What I do day in, day out. I'm a dog trainer. I'm a behaviorist. I go to people's homes and houses and show them. That's what I did this morning. Worked with somebody in their homes. They were so happy. They've got a barking dog, totally stressed out. And you'll see, just like they did, how simple it was. And it's not rocket science. And you start to wonder, why does everybody not use this method? Why doesn't everybody understand it? Once someone explains it to you, you start to go, yeah, 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 yeah. This this is just awesome. This is what I want to do. And that's where my passion comes from. Then we'll have a look into the future. We'll look at how this method can help you, whatever the situation with your dog is, regardless of whether it's barking or aggression or um, a dog who's running away and not listening to you or, or training a puppy. This method can help you in your situation. And you'll, we'll also look a little bit about how basically how the, the underlying principles of this way of working and understanding dogs, how I believe that it's destined to become the foundation of all dog training in the future. And you'll start to see, yeah, it, it does make sense. And it does make sense that everybody will, will start to come around to this sort of way of thinking. And finally, sort of a promise to you about how applying this methodology um, you will achieve results. And, and I'm talking about more than just in dog training, in life in general. And um, it's a promise, but it's also an offer to sort of join me on this journey of discovery, of discovery, I should say, as I experience it. Um, these podcasts, I'm going to keep pumping them out because, hey, you never stop learning. And that's what's so exciting about this. And I'm looking forward to sharing it all with you. So, First of all, a little bit about me, Doggy Dan. I live in New Zealand with my wife, my beautiful wife, Jenny, and two children, Stanley, who's uh, three tomorrow, and Sage, who's one. I'm a professional dog trainer, so what I mean by that is I go to people's houses, people who've called me up and who are actually desperate for help. I'm often the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, whether it's barking, serious barking issues. Often they've had warnings from the council. They're on their last chance, or it could be aggression or, or dogs running away or anything, separation, anxiety. And sometimes it is more minor stuff. It's, it's people who um, are wanting to get it right first time. So they've got a puppy and they just want to learn the basics and, and prevent serious issues happening later on. That's sort of my day-to-day -day bread and butter. However, I'm very passionate about sharing what I do. And that's why I've put together 
the video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. That is my sort of baby. That's my, that's my go-to source, resource center for anybody who wants to learn as much as possible. It's there. It's on the internet, theonlinedogtrainer.com, full of over 100 videos, more videos going up all the time. And one of the projects I've got, which are those videos are all going up onto that website, is Project Moses. I have four dogs living in the house at the moment. One of them is little Moses. He's an eight-week-old Huntaway cross border collie cross lab, whom I picked up from the SBCA only a couple of days ago. So he was eight eight weeks old when I picked him up. However, by the time you listen to this, he's probably much much older. You can follow Moses on YouTube or on my blog doggydan.com. And the idea is Project Moses is all about basically anyone who wants to see a professional dog trainer training up a young puppy. Um, so that they become this amazing little dog. You can see that because that's what I'm doing. I'm catching everything on video. From the, You can actually see the first time I see Moses. When I'm at the SPCA Center, my eyes lay eyes on him. And uh, yeah, I look like the happiest little kid on Christmas Day who's just got the present of their dreams. That video is on YouTube. And yeah, all those videos, toilet training, all that sort of stuff is all going on to theonlinedogtrainer.com. So that's a big project of mine. It's very much uh, the website itself is endorsed by the SPCA of New Zealand, the RNZ SPCA of New Zealand. And, and that's, you know, that's a big achievement. I'm very proud of that fact because it pretty much is testament to this method, being kind, being gentle, not using half rush tactics, anything like that. It's, it's got the stamp of approval from them. And uh, the other three dogs in my house, I should mention them just to give you an idea. One is um, a relative's dog named Tamar. She's a three-year-old sort of a collie hunterway cross again. My two dogs, Peanut is an eight-year-old Ridgeback Staffy. She is one of the most calmest, most amazing dogs I have ever come across just by nature. She's just fantastic. And then there's little Inca who is amazing in her own little way. Um, she's required a little bit more work from myself, but in her own way, like I say, she's absolutely amazing. She's like... When where peanut where peanut is like the matriarch, little Inca, my whippet cross um, ball of muscle, she is very much like the nanny. So she really looks after the two our two children incredibly well. She's already raising little Moses um, and doing a fantastic job there. So I owe her a lot. Uh, lastly, I should mention my book, which is coming out in May two thousand and thirteen with Random House Book Publishers. Big thank you to them. They're publishing my book, which is called What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent. And basically, yeah, I mean, in a, in a way, that book sums up my whole philosophy on dog training and how it applies to now raising my children. It sounds a bit of a joke, I know, but uh, it's not. I mean, there's almost 50,000 words there and it's serious stuff. Again, there's no harsh methods involved. It's It's more about psychology and understanding beings, animals, whether they're humans or dogs. So that's me. I have a website, doggydan.co.nz, which is where people in New Zealand find me for consultations and uh, stuff like that. That is basically me. That's my dream. I've come to the point in my life where really I'm just ready to share and let go of all this knowledge, which is why I'm doing this podcast now. I've got my YouTube channel, my Facebook, and all this other stuff happening. I am really ready to share. I don't want to hang on to this knowledge any longer. So let's get stuck into it. 
how did this dog training method that I use come about? And why do I use it? Well, I, I think, look, you, you're going to basically, as you start to understand it, realize that there are a whole range of different ideas to do with dog training. You've probably already realized that. And this is just one, but this is one which sits very comfortably with me. And what amazes me is the results that I see day in, day out. And the more I put this into practice, the more amazing I start to realize the method is. If you think of me as a bit of a sort of a funnel, whenever I'm doing something, I always want to sort of assess all the different options and suck them in and analyze them and process them and then sort of come up with what I believe is the best option. And sometimes that's lots of little pieces from different places. And that's what I've done with dog training. I've studied as many different trainers and methods. I've been on as many courses as you can imagine, read more books than you can ever dream of. I've got all the DVDs, all that sort of stuff. And I've pulled the best bits of all these different methods and studied them and analyzed them. And it's very interesting. Over the years, what, what's come about is it's, first of all, I think it's very important just to sort of talk about dog training in general, where it's come from. In the past, I think there was a lot more on one side, or this is how it used to be, on one side we had a lot more old school sort of training where we very much sort of dominated the dog, forced the dog into doing what we wanted. If the dog didn't do what we wanted, we sort of increased the pain. We forced them a little bit more. We made it unpleasant for them until they, they accepted that we were in charge and they had to do what we said. That's how we trained them. A lot of people call it sort of yank and crank. You yank the lead. If they don't do what you, you ask, you, you create that pain. You yank it. You crank it up a little bit more and you yank it again. And finally, the dog gives in. And that was very much an old school method, which unfortunately, I think it's still you know em employed by quite a few trainers. And they haven't really looked much further than that. Now, there are other methods. Now, that's at one extreme, one end of the spectrum, the yank and crank, quite forceful and, and being quite dominant and often rough with the dog. On the other hand, at the, uh, the other end of the spectrum, we have what I would call probably the purely positive reinforcement sort of angle of dog training. And it uses a lot more treats and rewards and training um, using lures and food to get the dog to do what you want. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm not against using food. Far from it. I use food, but I do use it very carefully. So they're the two extremes. Now, the problem that I've, I've noticed with, with both methods is neither method really will cover off all dogs, which is obviously what you're wanting because your dog may not be, uh, may not fit either of those two methods. If you have a dog who's very fearful and you use, say, the yank and crank method where you're very rough with the dog, they can often sort of shut down and many dogs will not respond well to that rough method. You can damage your relationship very easily with your dog when the real reason they're not listening to you is because they don't understand you or they don't think they should. And I'll explain that more in a minute. On the other end, end of the spectrum, if you only use food rewards, which is what happens at most nearly all puppy training um, groups, classes, it's all about food and not a lot else. And the problem with that is that very often a lot of dogs will, they're happy to work for food up to say six months and then it starts losing its attraction. And by the time your puppy is about a year old, they've almost lost total interest in your boring little treats. Other, other things become more interesting, such as, you know, checking out a scent at the park or meeting other dogs. For example, with a recall, they don't come back anymore because, you know, they just don't listen to you. The food rewards and treats, 
the power that that have has it runs out and especially with for example non-food motivated dogs dogs who are maybe very smart or you could even say very stubborn they will not do what you ask just for this little piece of biscuit or something so that's the sort of issue that i have with just using treats and rewards this method really does sit firmly in the middle it says look i'm all for using food rewards and and paying the dog and using positive reinforcement but at the same time i do think there is a time and a place where you have to give some sort of negative or consequences to the dog dog's behavior just like with raising children you can't just use positive reinforcements there so often comes a time where you actually have to say enough is enough even this morning both my little children were sort of put in a timeout just for a 30 seconds for a minute i had to explain hang on that's not acceptable they were put in timeout and i you know the rest of the day went absolutely fantastic because i laid down the rules and said look you can, that that behavior is unacceptable and you need to have that sort of combination of these two um, angles these two ways of working you need to have that combined into a dog training sort of philosophy and you need to be able to implement it and that implementation how do you actually do that is often where a lot of people fall down but that's where i'm coming from and overriding all of that is a need to convince your dogs that you are the pack leader because dogs by nature are pack animals they understand there is a leader in the pack and you are either saying to your dog, I'm the pack leader or I'm a follower. And if you get that bit wrong, then everything else can fall apart. It really can. And that is something I'm just, the more I do this, and I've been doing this for many years, but it never ceases to amaze me how many dogs, when you say to your dog in a way that they understand, I'm the pack leader, their, their whole behavior can turn around. So that's why I'm using the method I do. That's why I believe in being the pack leader because I see the results day in, day out. I get the testimonials from people all over the world saying it works and, uh, and I'm very passionate about it. I love it. So that's why I use this method. So what do I actually do? How does it sort of work? Well, I work very much in people's homes. So I go to people's houses. Usually I spend about three hours with them. And it's very much behavioral work. So as I mentioned, it's dog aggression, it's excessive barking, hyperactivity, um, dogs who are just a bit out of control, really. And what I show people is how to establish themselves as the pack leader. Because in almost 100% of the houses, the homes that I've worked, the dog, without a shadow of a doubt, believes that they are completely and totally in charge. And once your dog thinks they're in charge, then everything starts to fall apart, whether it's you know, the dog believes they're in charge, so they're starting to protect the property because that's what the pack leaders do, do. Then, or it could be that they're protecting the pack. So you're out on a walk and they're starting to chase bicycles or barking at um, strange people or lunging at other dogs. Or basically they're stressing out because they believe they're the pack leaders. And when you leave the home, when you leave them, they become stressed. That's called separation anxiety. And dogs, when they become stressed, could excessively bark again or dig holes or try and escape the property. All these behaviors, as you're seeing, they all stem from the fact that the dog thinks that they're in charge. Dogs, at the end of the day, they're very simple animals. They haven't got all this other stuff going on, you know, that we have dreams, holidays, careers, bigger TVs, faster cars. None of that stuff is important to them. It's, it's about survival. The other thing, though, that when, when dogs believe that they are the pack leaders when they're in charge, what also happens is there are a number of functions that dogs have to carry out 
which when they think they're in charge, they try to carry those, you know, those um, functions out. One of them, for example, I'll just touch on very briefly, is marking their territory. And um, by, you know, by urinating, by peeing on places. Only yesterday, a, day, a lady rang me to say my uh, puppy, five-month-old boxer, boy dog, he's jumping up onto my daughter's bed and he's urinating all over the bed. And that's, that's got very little to do with toilet training in the purest sense of the, the, the word toilet training. It's far more about a dog who believes he's in charge and he's marking his territory. Much the same way I think we decorate our own houses. We put, you know, essence, we, we use perfumes, we spray the place that make it our own to make it smell like we want. Dogs, they're doing the same thing. They're marking their territory. And that's what that boy dog, that male boxer dog, without a doubt is doing. It's not that he doesn't understand that's not, not the place to go toilet. Um, look, you can read more about this on my blog, doggydan.com. Um, there's a there's an article, very funny article, which I wrote, which talks about a dog which actually peed on my leg when I was reading a book in a park. And the whole point of that is just to point out at the end of the day, that dog, he, he had the whole park that he could go pee in, but he cocked his leg on my um, leg and he peed on me. Why? It wasn't that he needed toilet training. That is dominance. And in a way, that's sort of dog psychology. They are different from us, and you have to understand what those differences are and how it affects your dog's behavior. So basically, I walk into people's houses. I show them how to be the pack leader. And then as well as that, there's, there's three main other areas I, sh- I, I talk to people about, three key areas. One is basically some training tools and techniques. By training tools and techniques, that's the sort of general stuff that a lot of dog trainers cover off. They come in and they train and train the dog using tools, techniques, all sorts of different um, contraptions and maybe collars, maybe different leads, maybe just different ways of working with the dog or talking to the dog. All that stuff is what I call training. And, and training is great. You want to have as big a kit bag, as a tool bag of training um, ideas, philosophies, um, practical devices, things which can help you control and train your dog as you, as you can have. However, If you just try and train a dog without understanding how to be the pack leader, that's the foundation. If you don't have that foundation in place, then everything can very easily fall apart later on or it simply won't work from the word go. So that's the training side of things. The other area, which is incredibly exciting and I love it and I can't wait to do podcasts about this because this is almost what I really want to help share, is energy. Energy is a very odd thing. It's a very strange thing. It's something I talk about in my book. I'm learning about how um, my energy affects my children. And again, that's why the book title is What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent. Because the more I work with dogs, and I've worked with thousands of dogs, the more I realize they pick up on energy. And we've all heard that. But I'm lucky enough to have experienced it and seen it in practical ways. And I'm now putting that into practice with my children And now I'm realizing how in every walk of life, whether it's a relationship with a loved one, with your spouse, with your parents, with um, work colleagues in a business deal, sports field, it's all about energy. You only have to think of the captains of, uh, of great teams, the greatest captains, the greatest managers, the greatest people in business, the greatest politicians. They are calm, especially under pressure. And that's all about energy. And dogs are... They're masters of energy. Watching my big dog, Peanut, she is the absolute queen of energy. She has incredible energy. She's able to walk into an area and calm big barking dogs, small yapping puppies, 
without saying a single word. So that's something I'm, I'm going to touch on in a, another podcast. And finally, consistency is very important. At the end of the day, anyone who's achieved greatness has understood consistency, has managed to master that. And that's something which we all have to do in any walk of life if, life, if you want to achieve something which is uh, worth achieving. And of course, having an amazing puppy is well worth achieving. You need to be consistent with, with everything that you're doing. So I've talked a little bit about why I use the method that I do. I've talked a little bit about how the method works, what I actually do when I go to somebody's house. Now I want to talk to you, chat a little bit about basically how this method can help you training your dog and going forward into the future. The method itself, the, the reason it's so wonderful, I think, is because it really goes to the heart of the problem. It doesn't just treat symptoms. So many people that I work with have studied on the internet, read on Google, attended puppy classes. They've got all this information, but none of it seems to be working. And I promise you, I can guarantee that the reason it doesn't seem to be working is because more than likely you are not treating the cause of the problem, which is that your little puppy or your dog believes that they're in charge. And that's why this method will be able to help you. Because when you show a dog that you're the pack leader, that you're in charge, dogs will start to follow. Puppies will start to listen to you. In fact, a lot of the sort of swimming against the stream that you're experiencing now, that constant battle with your puppy or your dog, will simply disappear. That's why there is a battle, because you're almost saying to your puppy or your dog, that telling them that they're in charge, and then trying to have your own way. And they're saying, no, you're not. You don't tell me what to do. In other words, dogs who believe, or puppies who believe that they're in charge, they're incredibly hard to train, especially intelligent dogs or puppies. And a lot of the dogs, a lot of the puppies that I'm working with, they're not the dumb, the slower, the, the less intelligent ones. They are the smart ones. They are the ones who in nature would very often be the pack leaders. And, and so the way this method works, it goes to the heart of the problem. It goes to the cause of the problem, which is understanding how do you communicate to a dog that you're the pack leader. And I have five very simple rules, which you put those five golden rules, as I call them, in place with your puppy. It may take a few days. It may take a few weeks. There may be a little bit of additional training in place required. But I, I, I guarantee you it's a lot less effort than if you constantly struggle with your puppy or dog for the next 10, 12, 14 years. Many people that I've worked with have already attended puppy preschool, puppy school, obedience class and advanced obedience class many of them have actually already had dog trainers come around and really you know i say to people what did you do what have you learned what did you learn at puppy class they haven't really learned that much they've learned the sit the dog does a good sit and they've learned some training concepts which don't really work that's why i'm there it kind of makes me laugh because you know, at the end of the day, almost every single dog I've ever worked with was very happy to do a sit. You say sit, the dog sits, you give it a little piece of food. The reason the dog is happy to do a sit, and this is, always makes me laugh, is because it doesn't mean anything to a dog. And this is where, you see, we get confused. We think that we're definitely the pack leader or we're in charge because we can get the dog to do a sit, but it means absolutely nothing to a dog. Especially if you're going to give the dog a big bowl of food, of course the dog will do a, um, a sit. Your dog's not stupid. So you say sit, dog sits, dog gets his food. It's a bit like saying to a dog, you train your dog to do a salute. 
or you train your dog to bow down to you three times. It doesn't mean anything to a dog. It does not mean that you're in charge. That's the reason why so many dogs are happy to do a sit. And it's understanding what things are important to a dog and what things mean to a dog that you're in charge. It's getting that bit and understanding that bit which is so important. And that's what I call dog psychology. Because the human brain and the dog brain, they they are very different. There's a lot of similarity in what we think and feel. We've got emotions. We understand pain and pleasure, happiness, all those things. But, you know, a good way of understanding dog psychology is simply this. If your dog is in the back garden and they have a dry old bone with no meat left on it and they wander around with that bone in their mouth, it means it's absolutely worthless to a human. It doesn't really mean much at all to us, but it means an awful lot to your dog. It's got huge ramifications. However, if there was a golden crown, a solid golden crown lying in the garden, it would mean very little to your dog. They probably wouldn't touch it. However, to a human, you know, we'd walk out there, we'd probably pick it up. And if you put it on your head and wandered around the house, it does actually mean something. Yes, you do look a bit of an idiot, but a $30,000 solid golden crown on the top of your head, it has significance to us. So that's the sort of understanding you have to have with your dog, recognizing what things are incredibly important to your dog, which are suggesting to your dog that they are actually the pack leader and what things really don't mean that much to them. And when you get that bit right, then everything else starts to fit into place. And all that training that you've learned will then have far more impact. But with a lot of the smart dogs, the strong-minded dogs, you know, the high-spirited, the energetic dogs, and even fearful dogs, they all need strong pack leaders You need to get that bit right first so that they look to you and say, well, you've convinced me you're the pack leader. I will follow you anywhere. I trust you. I respect you. I will listen to you. That's the beauty of this method. But on top of that, you know, this method is fully endorsed by the SBCA of New Zealand. And the reason is because it avoids all that shouting, that ranting and raving. And and that's a beautiful thing because so many people that I work with are at the end of their tether. They've tried the whole, you know, train the dog with treats, with love, with kindness, which is great. And I respect people who go down that track of, you know, using cheese and, and food and, and chicken and meat and all these lovely things to try to get the dog to to, to listen to them. But ultimately, with, with most dogs, it doesn't really work. You need something bigger and more than that. And that's the pack leader stuff. On the other hand, People then become frustrated and angry with the dog and they end up screaming and shouting at the poor dog. And uh, sometimes even worse, they, the dog gets a little tap on the nose, etc., etc. And, you know, that's the beauty of this method. We can avoid that as well. It's about, at the end of the day, I'd say it's about being firm but very fair. By firm, what I mean is there are consequences to the actions to the, your dog's actions. Just like with my children, there are consequences to their actions when, I, when I'm not happy with what they've done. So it needs to be with your dog. However, you're very fair. So, just like with my children, I do fulfill their needs. I make sure my children and my dogs are getting everything that they need before I start you know, putting some uh, discipline in place. I make sure my puppy has had all the things that he really needs to be a happy little boy or a happy little girl. And, and then... I put the training in place and put the rules in place and enforce them. The other thing is this method is about staying very calm and being very clear. And I have a little system which I go through in the video website and I talk about it on my blog and places. It's the the use of timeout 
and a number of other very clever, very simple little tools, which when you put it all together, it works. You may have tried timeout before. That doesn't matter. A lot of people have. Again, you have to put the whole lot into place, and then your dog starts to get the message. And they recognize that you have a complete system, which isn't going to fall apart, and you're not going to become frustrated. Because I can guarantee you this, and this is going back to energy. When you become frustrated, you lose a lot of respect in your dog's eyes. And that's energy. You know, the calmest, the greatest leaders, they don't lose their, uh, you don't, they don't get upset and frustrated and scream and rant and rave. The greatest pack leaders, they have a system in place which works, and so they're able to stay calm. So that's where this method is headed. It's why I think this method or the foundation of this method, understanding how to be the pack leader, how that will become the foundation of all dog training as, as people become more educated and understand how it works that yes, there are, there is a need still for consequences to a dog's behavior. There is a still a great place for using food rewards and treats, but you do need to get that pack leader a bit right first um, for everything else to fall into place. So that's basically where this method is headed and why I think it's going to become the future of all dog training and how it can help you regardless of whether you've got a fearful dog, a dominant, confident dog, um, or something in between, a little dog in between, or a puppy that you're raising. So that's where this method is headed, where I see uh, the future of this dog training philosophy. I think it will become the, the foundation of almost all dog training eventually. My promise to you is basically this. This method, the more you understand it, the more you'll see it really does work. And, and that's the biggest promise I can give you. It comes from the bottom of my heart. I wouldn't have written a book, What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent, if it didn't work, if the philosophies and theories, you know, didn't stack up. It really does work. I love it. I'm passionate about it. And I'm at a stage of my life now where I'm just ready to share. I don't want to hang on to all this knowledge anymore, which, like I say, it's why I've put this podcast together. So, please, if you're interested, get stuck in as soon as you can. There's the video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. That's my resource center. That's where all the information that you need for your puppy, for training your dog, that's where it's all going to be. There's more podcasts going to come out. I'm looking forward to doing that. I've got my Facebook page. There's doggydan.com. There's a blog site there with articles and videos on. And, of course, my YouTube channel as well. So, please... Get started. Enjoy the uh, the sites, the information that I'm sharing. Thank you ever so much for listening. It's been a pleasure doing this podcast. I can't wait to do some more. Have a great day. I'm Doggy Dan. Thank you for listening and love your dog. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog. 